0: Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome onto the stage, your
1: hosts Mick McCarthy and Mark Farley from Balls.ie!
2: You're so, so welcome to uh, this Clubhouse Live with Balls.E and Sports Direct. Sports Direct have been brilliant supporters of grassroots GA coverage on Balls.E for a number of years now. And they're also great supporters of Ballahi and this great club who are here to celebrate tonight. And we're going to do it with a brilliant panel that we've got coming up in just a minute. But, Mark, that's not all we have tonight. We're, well, we've we're got, got lo- to- lots more to, including a quiz where we're going to crown the, the <laughs> king of the club. The king of the club. The, clubhouse mastermind of Balahi. it's an official title and it's going to be given to one of the Kevins tonight so we've got two Kevins here I think we've got um, Mal and we've also got Kevin Toner who I think was I think I think he was last seen getting David Clifford sent off for no reason is that right I'm not sure about that
3: we'll have to see yeah
4: it might that might be him all right yeah yeah. Clifford just having a bit of a word with him there
3: Uh, not too happy
4: That's not the only crack we're going to be having. We want to get plenty of questions from you as well. The Sports Direct have kindly given us two £50 vouchers uh, to give away to the best questions from the audience. There's two ways you can get in touch. You can tweet us using the hashtag ClubhouseLive. Just make sure to include that. That's ClubhouseLive hashtag. Uh, Get your questions in. I'll be reading them out in the second half of the show. I'll also be down in the crowd after the quiz. Just raise your hand and I'll come over to it if you have a question for any of the four lads. And lastly, sadly... None of us have been able to beat Dublin on our own. So we've decided that we're going to get the best players in Ulster and put a 15 together to actually beat the Dubs. They're going to stop the six in a row,
2: Apparently they're going to stop the six in a row. We'll see about that. But yeah, not the best team in Ulster, but the team that's going to beat Dublin... And the four lads have sent us in their teams and they've sent us in their teams again in a revised way. So I think they've been thinking about this a lot and they've we're been up all night. very so seriously. You and start if, thinking about it too.
4: Exactly, and I think there's only been about four players that actually all four lads have on the team. So we could be here a while, so strap yourselves in. And also, if you to think about it know, because we want to hear from you as well. But I think, Mick, we we'll can get on with the show, shall
2: Let, we? Let's do it. It's time for our, bring out our brilliant panel. Can you please welcome the great Peter Canavan, O'Shea McConville, Eamon McGee, and Balahi's own Danny Quinn. Welcome, lads. How are you doing? Danny, thanks for having us. Thanks for the, the great welcome here. We've been here all day, and it's, it's, it's almost impossible not to get kind of swept up in the amount of history and success that this club has. What is it that's made, that makes Balahi Wolfs owns such a special club?
5: I think um, we're very lucky that the, the club is the, the hub of the community, you know, there's not much else to do in Blackie other than play football, you know, and, and I think the club has been a, a great place for us all to go to, you know, to, to develop, or, you know, to learn skills, and we're very lucky we have a great tradition, you know, and, and I grew up very lucky to grow up in Blackie, very lucky to be born in I'm <clears throat> very proud to be born in Blackie because of the tradition that we have in football. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's great. There's nothing. It's, it means so much to everybody here. Yeah. And I suppose we really saw it a couple of years ago when I won that Ulster Minor's. And you see, the club here was packed after, after the won it. it was just class. Mm. You know. And you see what it means to everybody on those nights.
2: Yeah. And it was Crossmaglen they beat in the Ulster Minor. And O'Shane, there's been a bit of history between uh, <laughs> between Ballagh and Crossmaglen. You've been involved in a lot of it. I think '96 and '98 in the Ulster in the Ulster Club, and um, I think even back, on as far, back as far as 1986, where you would have been just a spectator at a game. But I believe, from what I've heard today anyway, that uh, Bellahie and Cross McLenn games generally didn't end in the most friendly of ways, let's say.
1: When somebody said to me this was all in Balahi Club, I thought it was a boxing club. <laughs> uh, then I realised it was, it was the GA Club, but we've had a, a checkered history, I suppose would be the best way to describe it. Um, in eighty six I was uh I suppose the mascot. In eighty six what a baptism of fire that was. They were coming in, in over the fence from everywhere. Uh, the crossmen and Balahi men. Um, there's actually a video of that game. Now it's not a great quality video, but you get a sense of what was going on. I uh, don't know if you remember Ollie Short played with cross. He, yeah. he was more or less the instigator for us. he started it on uh, Few of these lads finished it. So that's, sort of, that's sort of the way it was, but um, we had great battles with them in the nineties as well. Uh, I don't know if there was ever more than a score between us any time we played. Uh, he's got us back then, two thousand and five or six uh, in cross, and again it was I think uh, Blackie won by a point. So mm. good histories, good memories. Actually, you know, coming to a place, I like guess.
4: You'd the same, you played Balahi, and then obviously there was a good rivalry with Cross McLean after that as well.
6: Yeah, but funny you, you talk about that. It was a serious rivalry at the time, Balahi and um, Cross McLean. But the one vivid memory that I have is, is Joe Kiernan was, was managing <laughs> uh, Cross McLean at that time. Very well respected uh, figure, very much revered by everyone. But there's a bit of a rumpus started in one of the games, and somebody <laughs> from Balahi, some of the players, I'm not too sure who it was, actually. Put Joe Cannon on his ass. <laughs> Danny, do you ready,
5: maybe want to expand on that story know, a wee bit? I, I already sorted this out one night down in Cross Maclean. There's a the <laughs> photo in the, the photo in the news. Saw Joe land, lying between just at my feet, <coughs> but somebody strange, strangely enough. <laughs> so, 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 so,
3: so, I, was, I was
5: beat too, Peter. Another one here. A lot of men were a whole lot quicker than me, and, and this man got to him. And, I suppose. Uh, Maybe at that time we just maybe needed it. But we better remind that that wasn't the Ocean. It wasn't Ocean. Was wasn't it, it was, it it, was, it it it, was it McNally. Who? <laughs> McNally.
2: <laughs> Name I'm off the team there, Ocean, and if he <laughs> blinks twice.
5: <laughs> m- you, m- you never McNally tell. Or Doherty or, Doherty or Diamond.
4: <laughs> Do you not know? You never tell who it <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. There's a rivalry between Harry Grokere and Crossby Glen. There was one with Balahi across the Glen, and then even, even Guido are across the Glen. Everybody seems to have these rivalries across the Glen. You know, in 2006, we just won the county. You know, you were talking about maybe he's weren't taking Ulster as seriously or didn't think we were going to win it. But then, fast forward to a couple of years ago when he beat Cross Glen in the semi final.
0: Yeah, well, in the 2006 one, I wouldn't call it a rivalry, but it was Cross, just hockeyed us when we landed up to them now. Um, and they were always a team that we looked up to. So when we, we met them in the Ulster semi-final, we said, you know, we want to play cross at their own game. We want to teach them this is Ulster football. And I think that's uh, how we went about it that day.
4: What do you mean, this is Ulster football? It's, it's interesting because we're here tonight, obviously. Uh, we've done a lot of these around the country and I was really excited to come up to do one in Ulster. And, a, and it's kind of there's an essence there of, you know, Ulster football. What do you think that is really? What do you encapsulates it?
0: I think going by the conversation of the lads here and they were ready to kill kill each other a few <laughs> years ago, that, that that's what it mean that's how much it means to them, you know, that you know, when Belahe and Cross met and an Ulster medal was a stick and that's what it brought out to them, then probably most of them away from the field were gentlemen, but there was that much passion and that much kinda of hunger to go on won that medal that it brought out the worst of them or <laughs> <laughs> Peter, I, I heard like
2: somebody say once that like you know the the GA in most of the you know is a part of the community in most of Ireland, but in a lot of Ulster towns it is the community. Is that something that you'd like you know that 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 it has that bigger part of things up here than than perhaps it does in the rest of the country?
6: Yeah, absolutely, and you know sometimes a lot of people maybe down south don't don't seem to to, to get that and that. <clears throat> a number of years ago, and I don't have to tell the people here, that uh, to, to play Gaelic football and, and to be part of a Gaelic club, you, you had a fight nearly for that honour. Um, it was something that uh, a section of the community was trying to deprive yeah. uh, people from, from doing. So it was a badge of honour to, to go out and, and very difficult circumstances, to, to uh, play the game that you love, and it's only a sport at, uh, at the end of the day, but it, it brought people closer together. And, as a, and Balahi, as well as many other uh, clubs throughout the North, suffered, the members that suffered because of that, because of their identity, because of who they were and what they were doing for the club, left them exposed and left them as a target. And all that um, hardship and, and tragedy brings uh, the community closer together. Mm. And hence, um, that's what you have here in Balahi. It's, it's a very tight knit, it's, it's very close. And when you know that you're going to compete against them, be it at whatever level, you know that you're, you're going to have to work damn hard uh, to beat them. You're going to get nothing easy. Mm. And that's that's the way it is up here. And, you know, Eamon made, made the point that most of them are, are gentlemen off the field. <laughs> I, I could vouch for that. And there are across the board, um, in my time of playing, they would kill you on the pitch. There's no doubt about it. But uh, I've never had an argument with one of them off the pitch yeah, um, and the man we'll have sitting over here the night would epitomise that more than anybody because uh, when it came to a hit list of men that he <laughs> left his mark on it would be pretty long but I, everybody that knows him and uh, off the pitch would say he's a gentle giant he couldn't be a nicer fellow so that's, that's yeah. the way it is and
2: that's the way it should be it's a wider community as opposed to even just your own community of your town that there's something like Ulster football in oh. general does battles on the pitch you'll kill each other but you all feel part of the same kind of brotherhood almost
6: yeah and and it's not that we think it's an Ulster thing or we say it's an Ulster thing everybody looks after their own corner and uh, when you get a chance to compete and you have to and that's the way it is if you're going to win or achieve anything in life you have to work damn hard for it and in Gaelic football because it means so much to the people up here you have to work extremely hard to be successful and um, I know maybe it's easier for this man but um that has won many uh, a county title but there, there there's a lot of clubs throughout uh, ulster here that would love to win just one county title and get the chance to represent the, their county on, on the big stage and whenever you do it means a hell of a lot and uh, that's why we take this game as seriously as we do
4: it's funny actually peter mentions that danny because i was reading the boys of 93 and one of the striking things i read about was the journey home after you'd won the all-ireland Where you got off in likes of Newry and Cookstown and Moy, because the streets were just lined with people to welcome you home. And these were counties that had such mad rivalries rivalries with on the pitch.
5: But but I think everybody was glad to see you day. One for the first time, you know. I think it had been a first. You know, there was so much excitement about it. You know, Down had won a few All-Irelands before, but Derry had never done it before, and everybody was mad to get celebrating with them. Everybody wanted to be part of it. Uh, it was just fabulous, you know, and it, it, it was a great experience at the time, you know, the whole um, the, the whole build-up to it, the whole coming home. Uh, we were supposed to be back in Maharaa for 10 o'clock, I think it was at 4 o'clock in the morning before we got <laughs> there. It. it was just, you just couldn't not, you know, stop to celebrate with everybody, and it was just a fabulous experience, you know, something that, the first never happens again, the first time you do, it. you know, and, and I think that the whole... It was class as for
2: everybody involved to be involved, it? Yeah, uh, Danny Peter mentioned there, like you know, and, and a lot of clubs in the north will have had to go through it. That you know, the, sometimes they did have to fight for your right to play the game and be targeted. And I think Bilahi like you, you couldn't help notice. And today, like there's obviously history in the clubhouse being burnt down a couple of times and everything like that. But one of the things, even the name of the the ground here, you know, alludes to um, Sean Brown, who's like probably one of the worst atrocities in the. The history of the of the troubles up here, but I think from what I can see, anyway, from, from being up here today and from from reading everything and talking to yourself, like that was an incident that really kind of almost defines the the people and the club of Balaghie a little bit and how you kind of identify yourself and, uh, and the club itself.
5: I think Sean Brown was chairman of the club. man. Mm. Anybody who knew Sean Brown, you know, wanted to believe that he had been targeted for for what happened. Sean Brown was a part of the community, he worked with Catholics, Protestants, and treated them all the same, had total respect for everybody, he was an absolute gentleman, you know, he loved one of them, he loved women. you know, nobody celebrated more when we did one, you know, he just enjoyed it and, and enjoyed the fact that uh, he, he was involved with Balachie his son was playing for Balachie, he, he enjoyed that whole aspect and, and I, I think his death had a massive effect on, on everybody here, you know, the, i think the whole club we came together we had a uh, i'll never forget the uh, morning i was heading to school in the loop and got a phone call through from my father to to say it and just turning and coming back and meeting uh, brady and daniel and the family you know it was just unbelievable you know that, uh, that this had happened you know in our club run. we played a match that night we played banner here in a league match it was Buckled out of the heavens it was about a week after Lafayette beat us in the championship we thought that was the worst, worst possible thing that could ever happen, mm. in the lobby, but, you know, Sean's death just brought everything to reality for you. And it was a massive effort from the club, you know, to, to come back from that and to try and move on. I don't think you ever move on. You never forget. Nobody can no. ever forget what has happened, you know, but I think it's made the club stronger and everybody has worked very, very hard to get to where we are now.
2: Yeah. Know? It was interesting that you went on to win the county and, and, and get the Ulster <coughs> the very next year as well. Like, you know, that there was a, 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 a galvanising factor as well. Um, Oisin, you know, you're from a very famous place of the north as well. That like one of the most famous stories that you hear with the GEA and the troubles is the helicopters and the you know the 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 um, station in the end of the field in in Crossmaclean. Like, it's funny because Crossmaclean is now so much known for football more than anything else. You know what I mean? Is that something that still kind of hangs over? the club in any way, or and, and the defines you guys, or have we just moved on so much from, from that now that it's 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 not as much of a factor, I suppose, anymore?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's it's as much of a factor as it was, I think, uh, when we were growing up. Uh, I think I would definitely say that we used the the fact that the British Army were occupying part of a ground. I would say that uh, we used that as a crutch for a long time. Um, we used it as an excuse not to be as successful as probably we should have been. Uh, Danny said one of Danny's opening lines was there's nothing else in Belay, there's literally nothing else in Cross and still to this day there's nothing else, there's no soccer, there's no rugby, there's no hurling. are uh, football and diesel. It took you 12 minutes to come up. <laughs> it's
5: usually quicker than
1: that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you me on a tangent now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the, the, and the thing about, I suppose, about, about that time was that we were it was known as Band of Country and we were known for maybe breaking the law on, on occasions. It still was Band Country, It still is. <laughs> <laughs> breaking the law on occasions. And uh, I suppose Paddy Short, I don't know if anyone in here remembers Paddy Short, you m- might remember his, he had a pub in, in Cross, uh, Danny, but every time something happened, BBC, RTE, didn't matter, they all went into Paddy because he'd always have a sound bite for them and uh, he used to always go in and he'd have a one-laner or a two-laner and they'd put it out on, on the news and after we won the first All-Air and he said maybe they'll talk about us for a different reason other than the Troubles and that sort of started to happen and the more we got successful the more that happened the more we were proud of that the more it became an identity thing and the more we got success uh, the more I suppose that the whole band of country the Troubles all that sort of thing that sort of lifted and uh, we were known for something else eventually. And I think the people of the community liked that. And uh, and, and still, I suppose, we're striving for that today. When I, when, when I was growing up, it was just part of life. you just seen it as part of life. The bombings, the shootings, they were commonplace every day. But you just you just get on with it because we didn't know any different. I was 11 years of age before I we went to secondary school in Newry. And when I got into Newry, I realized, fuck, not everybody lives... I was living in the same conditions as we were living in and uh, you sort of start to realise that there's a different world outside of that and you want a w- little bit of that and you want to take a little bit of that back to South Armagh uh, and through football we were able to do a little bit of that. Um, but it was, it w- at that time I just felt we were different. Whenever you went down South to play a challenge matches even with the club or we started to do well as far as you know, on, a, on, a, on a national scale. It was different, we felt we were different, and we had something proper to play for. We weren't sure if the the teams we were coming up against down south had, you know, and we we used that for a long time. Now, it only lasts, that only has a certain lifespan. You have to have substance behind what you're doing, and there was substance behind what we're doing. I remember one of the first times uh, Joe Kernan, Dolan McKenna and Ollie McEntee took us over. It was three years before we had any sort of success. But I I always remember Ollie McEntee saying something in the first meeting we were in and I was only a young lad, I was only turned 17 and uh, Ollie McEntee said, I want us to become the most hated club firstly in Armagh, then in Ulster and then in Ireland. And it took us a while but I think we achieved it. (laughs) (laughs) as evidence right tonight.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Now it's going to be doors. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's funny, I think every club in across Ireland is touched by tragedy in some way and um, for whatever reason it might be. But uh, you were talking in terms of after the wake of uh, Michal Rorty's death and then at the start of the year in 2018 about that it would be great to get to a place where when you get, see that unity that happens inevitably, oh, inevitably hopefully with tragedy and you know, that the people come together and support each other, that if we could get to that, so, you know, th- th- that every day is just like that in a GEA club, that that would be, such a, would be such a better place.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought I'd seen... Like, with the, the club, you know, we're obviously in cl- uh, over, over the road, like, they lost, we lost club members, and just when the whole thing happened, the two clubs kicked into gear, and it was just such a joy to, like, in a perverse way, it's such a joy to watch, yeah. and um, I just remember saying to myself, why why can the cl- clubs in general, why can they just not be like this all the time? Why can we not reach out and, you know, become that social hub for people? It doesn't have to be good times, it can be it doesn't have to be bad times it can be good times and i just think we always need that
4: tragedy to for, to, for it to happen yeah, peter is there a worry as well that the we be getting a little bit too far away from the you know the ethos of the ga in terms of how important the club is there is when you look at you know a lot of the attention that's paid on uh to the county game and to fix your schedule and every top but even regardless of that just the actual help the club can be like that kind of support in the community off the pitch regardless of games or whatever it is those kind of things that if we lose that ethos and players or people start to lose interest in that and just being involved on in a day to day level that it, it would be such a sad, sad thing regardless of just the actual playing games or whatever it is Yeah
6: well funny, big decision going to be made at the weekend regarding the next president of our association and Jarlath Burns would appear to be favourite, now Jarlath has played county football for for man and all the rest but He's a, he's a massive club man. Uh, he he's, has done virtually everything um, in his club. So you'd like to think that maybe uh, with, with new leadership that there's going to be uh, a re-energised uh, way forward for the club. Because this past 10-15 years, it's been all geared towards county teams and county success and making room for county players to develop and, and that's important in the GA and, and we need that and we, we need inter-county football and that's uh, the showcase and all the rest, but uh, if we keep stripping away, the very fact that the CPA was formed in, in the first place you know, was very disappointing from, from my point of view that we, we need to have yeah. a voice for, for the clubs and everybody says it's a cornerstone of the association yet we, we needed to have an association formed uh, they appear to have, uh, you know, limited influence. They're, they're struggling to, to have an effect. So it is. It's, it's disappointing. I think there's enough months in the year to, to for it to be sorted out. The fixture schedule is still nowhere near where it should be. And even at the minute, um, we're debating... Uh, there's a motion in place to strip back schools football to before Christmas that the Hogan Cup uh, final, and A and B finals, and they're going to do away with all-ireland semi-finals and uh, finals for schools that play at uh, below B level, you know that's hundreds of schools and, uh, and a lot of clubs and schools are depriving young lads the opportunity to play in an all-ireland semi-final and a final. So if you strip back the Hogan Cup to the end of, of January, that's the Macquarie Cup prior to Christmas, um, the under-20 competition at the minute. It couldn't be at a worst uh, time of the year. Yeah. They couldn't have placed it mm-hmm. in a worse time that is going to cause uh, grievance. To clubs to schools to colleges to yeah. parents yeah um so and getting no coverage i mean there was games in munster last night and it barely made the papers like you know it's it's right. there's it's, no real benefit to it at all like. it's crazy and yet what are we talking about tonight also the Ulster club and <clears throat> we really enjoyed as a player and each of us can can vouch for this what it meant for our clubs to compete in the and the Ulster championships and uh, it kept it sustained the club uh, for those winters and, and the crack, and people in my own club are still talking about the runs um, that we had. So, look, it's, it's something that s- certainly needs looked at. Where, uh, we seem to be neglecting it, unfortunately. But uh, despite that, I know clubs mm. up here and Derry and, and Throne, very similar, sure, I'm on, and I'm not too sure about Donegal, but the, the club grounds, the, the facilities, and Throne, you'll not get a bad pitch. And everybody's so proud of of their ground, of their facilities. And, you know, that's the way it should be. But we're not just getting recognised for that at the, at the highest level.
2: Before you all played county, and obviously you all kind of have, like, long careers. I mean, you're still playing, obviously, you know, with the club after you kind of finish... As a county player is there a, a realisation, I don't know everyone kind of says maybe sometimes athletes can be kind of like selfish or in, in a bubble or whatever, Eamon I don't know if you know as, as someone who's done it recently, Like, is there a kind of a realisation of the challenges that the clubs face that you might not really realise when you're kind of being looked after by Donegal for all those years?
0: There, there definitely is, you know once once you're playing county football that's exactly what it is, it's a bubble, you have, you're looked after so well, generally most counties are looked after so well and you hear these wee stories from the club club lads down about Donegal or club lads in general, um, giving out about fixtures, but you kind of say, don't want to hear it or don't want to listen to it. And then when you land into 2016, I retired and i just seen it. I've seen how disrespected the club player is. And I said to the boys, I said, have you sat and taken this and just accepted this for this last few <coughs> years? Because what's been going on and the way the direction the Jays going in is, is scandalous. You know, we talk about the the social hub and what the GAA is meant to be and the direction we're heading in now to the, the whole. And I love county football. I think all the lads up here love county football. But we have to, you know, kind of step back a wee bit and
4: say, listen, we're on a dangerous, dangerous path here. Mm. Oshin, oh, you've obviously won a fair few titles across with Len. But talk to me about ones you've lost because there's that... Sense that it's actually kind of what they must have in terms of tragic, Just in general, in terms of actual performance on the pitch, the buzz that there is around the community when you start doing well, and you're in the Ulster final, and you're you, for some cases you win Ulster, and you're, you know, you're winning All Ireland's. But those that um, that have actually that, that you lost, is was there a? It was a, how tougher did they to get over? Was it a hunger that you would go back the following year, or was it just you know something that just that still even maybe to this day that kind of. Resonate? do you think about some with of the, the games.
1: With the club, I found it very claustrophobic because there's no escaping the people. Yeah. You know, you have to go to the shop, like you have to go and get milk and bread. And uh, when you do, the only thing people want to talk about is what happened at the weekend. And if that, if what happened at the weekend was a defeat, the conversation us, usually lasted a b- bit longer than it would if you if you had won. Um, I found it very claustrophobic to to try and because uh, you you felt as if you were well, you were, you were representing it, all of the people in the community, but there was a certain, certain amount of pressure that came with that. Yes, it was enjoyable. Uh, sometimes it was even enjoyable, you know, when we weren't winning uh, all errands. We were just maybe winning county titles and, and having a run in Ulster and all different things like that. It was still, I still found the run with the club enjoyable, especially if after coming out of a county scenario for. Yeah. Well, when we when I started playing with our my county scenarios only lasted a couple of months altogether, so you weren't in that long. But uh, whenever you started to get a run with the county and then you were back in with the club, it, it, there was something refreshing about it because the training was different. It wasn't as much pressure. there wasn't as many video sessions, and it was, a, I suppose, a, a notch down from what you were experienced at county level. So, um, but I just found it very claustrophobic when you got when you got beat because. Uh, you're affecting you affected the mood of the community. You know, if you won on a, on a Sunday, everybody's in great form on a Monday. If you obey it, it's the complete opposite.
6: You know? I think Cross are one of the few clubs about that. Any other club, the people in the club have said Do you mean the year we won the championship this yeah. year? Do you mean the year we won the... Cross talk do you mean the year we lost? How <laughs> many championships have this man went many? Of you?
1: Uh, county champions right? sixteen. County champions. Just the 16, sixteen, yeah. <laughs> so, Thirteen so, in, so, in a row. So he remembers the one. that Paul, he. Won, I, I think Paul Hardy is maybe twenty. Na- he's definitely nineteen or twenty. I um, know he's a goalkeeper and that doesn't really count, but still. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Am I right in saying
2: the first match you missed for Cross McGlenn since you won your first in '96 was the semi-final you lost in was it 2009?
1: Uh, no, I, I no, I would love to say that uh, that's what the game I did miss, but I didn't. I missed the the game against Armagh House, which I think was the year before or the year after. Okay. That's the only game I missed. That you uh, should have just said yeah, game. there would would have <laughs> yeah.
2: made you seem better. Uh, but it's funny, Mark uh, Peter is saying about the, the the losses there kind of in memory. It's like when you think of like the two when you think of Bilahi, do you think of like you know the 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 biggest game was the two thousand Ulster final, you know, and you guys had. The success but do you still kind of like you think Blatty goes Jesus that was one that got away is there a, you hear that about players a lot of the time is that uh, it's the, it's the uh, losses that uh, stick with you not I would love sure to you. say
6: that that was the one that got away Um if they had to beat us by a point <laughs> yeah. and uh, the referee made a bad decision or something some of our boys missed something but uh, there's no excuses that they think it's 110 to 1-4 I, w- I would like to say we were hard done by and all the rest, but the fact of the matter was, on, on the day, um, we we didn't play well enough, and I played like a team that knew what they were at. They were highly motivated and uh, slowly but surely got on, on top of us. A lot of us were disappointed in our own performance, but uh, there was no doubting who the better team was and, mm. and they deserved to win it in the day. Danny, that breakthrough in 2000 after, you know, I
2: like. Losing the finals in '96 and '98, and even what we were talking about earlier, and kind of how like kind of mindsets might have changed after '97, that is that like one of the one of the, the more special days when you kind of think of your history with the club.
5: 2000 was just a fantastic performance from a great team. A Black, lot, squad of players at that time was unbelievable. We had one, two Ulster minor clubs. Uh, there was a number of those younger players that come through. Um, i suppose we're really from the teams from 96 98 there was a change a wee bit of a change again with the younger boys coming in again you know and we really believed that we were the best team in Ireland at that time and we were we were playing playing really well um we we're unfortunate before we went to play in the all Ireland semi-final games, for from that they that uh, we had injuries going into the match and which, which didn't help after the Ulster final we, uh, it was very unfortunate and there's always a debate about this here it's a terrible pity that you no, know, the All-Ireland Club could not have been finished, you know, in the one year. They've been mm-hmm. enough to be able to get it finished in, in, in the one year. Uh, you know, you're saying there about county football, and i going back to we again. I was very lucky when I was playing county football because National League matches were every fortnight. And the weekend in between, uh, we, were, Eamon Coleman was very understanding, especially before Christmas. And he would let you go and play a game of rugby, or some of the boys played soccer or, or whatever, especially up to Christmas. I and mean, we would have played two or three National League matches before Christmas. And then it continued again after, and, and I think it was much more relaxed. National League was much more relaxed; it wasn't the same pressure on it. And you know, the, then then into into championship, you were you were happy enough for the intensity of, of what came along. But I, I think there was very little wrong wrong with the fixture timetable at that stage. Mm-hmm. And you did have it. There was much more emphasis put on your club championship. But, you know, your your club at that time was maybe more important. Yeah. Now everything is so changed towards you know facilitating county football. You know, the club championships. Are struggling to get you know a slot in the timetable. yeah and i think that's what's, what's made it very very hard and
2: you could argue that derry's biggest game of the season is this weekend because if they don't beat cork you know you might not be in the all Ireland championship next year which is kind of madness for the first weekend of march isn't it
1: especially with this two-tier system yeah exactly yeah there's no mightn't be there definitely won't be they don't win this weekend.
2: Yeah, if they don't win this weekend, it's trouble.
1: Because they play Armagh in the first round of the championship. So. <laughs> yeah, right. we're, uh, we're lucky enough we have Armagh in the first round of the championship. So that that then the will thrown Tyrone and Donegal. I think after that. So. That, that, that keeps us, on. I don't know, for a wicker team.
2: You know, so. This is That's a night a for Ulster seat. unity, I think, because we're going to we're going to pick the team now in a few minutes and stuff. But um, I think um lads, w- like um one of the main things that seems to be when we were talking earlier is like the, this sort of. That sense of kind of community and and, and the club kind of coming together and, and and danny i know we were talking yesterday about like you know when your your wife tragedy passed in 2011 that you know the way the kind of it wasn't just Balahi that kind of came together it was clubs from around the area and from around ulster in general kind of came to sort of to, 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 to pay tribute and, and, and I think Peter you were you were here for, for one of the games yeah. but I think that kind of like does sum up what we're kind of talking about a little bit tonight you know that there is that sort of wider community sometimes that comes into the GA and it probably is it, it really is the GA all around the country you know and it is what the club is all about.
5: I think Peter has said it there the GA is very unique you know we're very lucky and you know at the time of my death there was we organised a a sort of a game to raise money for the hospitals that she'd been involved in and you know no matter what had happened in the pitch with players you know when it comes to those sort of days everybody pulls together and, and the, you know and the, and the first place it starts is within your own club you know uh, we had a fantastic day here when we were raising the money uh Blackie were fabulous as in organizing everything and putting everything together uh, a number of, of uh, my friends in the club you know uh, played with me you know, organized the event. I had very little to do with it. They did all the organizing. Yeah. My children were involved in it. They were getting photos taken for the advertising of it and all that sort of thing. And it was it was fabulous the way everybody pulled together. And, and it's only when you have the death that you really realize what you do have. You know, the number of people who came through our door to to pay their respects at the way. You know, the number of people who came to the the funeral itself. You know, who I'd played against. You know, I, I tell I was tell a good story about it. one of the fellows that I went to raise with the fellow I played. Uh, first year of football with in, in St Mary's in Belfast, and uh, after his first year, he went on to uh, to do uh, other things, and he arrived at my wife's wake on the Sunday, you know, only because we played a bit of football together in St Mary's, you know, and and he wanted to come along to, to pay his respects because of our involvement in football and that together, you know, you don't forget those sort of things, no. and and you see how it, it, it really uh, pulls things together, and also you know I get letters and cards and things from from all over the country you know from people that you played against and that's at that time when you really need it that you do get it. you do get the support that you need
2: absolutely listen that was brilliant um you're going to stay with us uh for the rest of the evening we're going to have a bit of crack in the rest of the show we're going to pick that ulster team people out here the great audience definitely want to get some questions up for you as well but before all that i think it's time to do the quiz
3: a case of daylight robbery
0: this shouldn't happen, that is disgraceful.
3: This is outrageous. That is disgraceful. Disgraceful. The decision oh, that's disgraceful. This is that
0: all is disgraceful.
2: wrong. This is all wrong. Oh, this shouldn't happen. That is disgraceful. Okay. Disgraceful. Okay. It is time for one of our favourite parts of the show. We've got uh, two local legends of the club coming onto stage now. Uh, we're going to put the through paces to find the Balati, king of the club, the clubhouse. How, how's it going? How you going? Hang on, Kevin. Yeah. Sorry. How are things? Yeah. So I think we've got a late replacement here. Um, we've, Kevin O'Neill has been replaced by Kevin Doherty, but it's okay because they're still Kevins. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, would you please welcome? Uh, I, all my intro is completely uh, gone here now because uh, we don't have a former Balati and Derry goalkeeper and coach uh, who's described as club mates as a goalkeepers union to the core and always win the share's opinion. We've instead got the chairman, <laughs> Kevin Doherty, who I don't have any information on, Kevin. But you're all ready for it anyway, yeah? You're ready to take it on. Okay, cool. And our second guest, Kevin Toner. He's a local GEA expert, though we'll be putting that to the test in a second. He's also an inter-county umpire who's been uh, in the White Coat for big games in Crow Park many times and was in OMA a couple of weeks ago, actually, when the umpires apparently got David Clifford sent off. Is that... Uh <laughs> he's also apparently the local quiz master So uh, has organised many quizzes So he's very much on the other side of the fence tonight So I hope the standards will uh, match your usual standards for this <laughs> Right lads, we're going to do this in three separate rounds Okay, We've got four questions overall a Tiebreaker if we need it Now, we want to going to notice that there are four GA legends Sitting behind you there uh, So we're offering you one Ask a Legend lifeline at any stage if you want to use it if you get stuck on any of the questions audience ideally the two lads um will battle this out so please hold your answer shouting and maybe replace it with a bit of heckling and jeering um but try not to shout out the answers that would be great so we're going to start with um kevin doherty kevin um i have this actually it's kind of both of you here right so it's a dairy round um one of the great days obviously the great day of uh dairy football was them beating cork in the all Ireland final in 1993 this is an interesting round because I want you to basically 30 players started that day, 15 on each team. Can we name the 30 players without making a mistake going from one to the other? So easy, easy, one, easy ones to start off with. So, Kevin, if you want to go first. Jimmy McCusker. Yeah, we got him.
3: Fergal P. McCusker.
2: That's right, yeah, Kieran, left corner back.
3: Kieran McKeever.
2: Yeah, we'll get the Derry team easily enough here, yeah. <laughs> Gary Coleman. Uh, yeah, Gary Coleman, yeah.
1: Tony
4: Scullion.
2: There we go, number three. Johnny McGurk. There we go, number five. Henry Downey. Yeah, six. Seamus Downey. Yeah, Seamus Downey, full forward. He's uh, skipping Ant- a bit there. Anthony Tohill. Anthony Tohill, yeah. Um, um,
4: oh. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: uh, uh, Brian McGilligan.
2: Brian McGilligan, yeah. yeah. I think we'll get was, to Cork going here. the way the team Yeah.
1: Damien and
2: There you go, yeah. Um, Dermot McNichol.
4: Oh, he's made it.
2: Mike McNichol oh. came off the bench and unfortunately oh, okay. oh. did not start, oh. so
4: oh.
2: the first point goes to Kevin Doherty, congratulations, yeah. okay,
4: <laughs> Lovely. You're, you're a shocked on you, the cards here folks, okay.
2: <laughs> Round two is the All-Ireland Finals round. Again, don't forget you have an Ask the Legend lifeline if you need it. You're going to get two questions each here regarding the All-Ireland winning exploits of the men behind you. Each question is worth one point. So, Kevin, starting with you, what was the score of the 1993
4: All-Ireland final? Use a lifeline. Oh,
2: I yeah. who you going to ask. Who do you want to ask?
5: <laughs> Danny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I tell you what, you can ask the legends
5: if anyone knows. One thirteen to two eight? No, 29. No, That's very close. It's one fourteen
2: to two eight. Aye. Uh, I'm not okay, him. so <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> still still one nil uh, um, to to counter. Connor. <laughs> So, Kevin, when Peter Canavan led Throne to their first ever All-Ireland in 2003...
4: How long did he talk for after the match?
2: <laughs> now, what our ma man was sent off that day? Uh, Dermot Martin. Dermot Martin. Oh, there's cheating going on there, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely heard that. We'll, we'll give it for now, 2-0. We had him. Uh, Kevin Oshin famously scored the only goal in the 2002 final but who actually scored Armagh's winning point against Kerry to secure their first ever Sam Maguire for Armagh that day?
3: Can we use the legends again? Yeah, go for it. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah but I, I'm pretty sure Danny gave you the answer for the last question. Stephen
3: McDonald. <laughs> Stephen
2: McDonald. <laughs> McDonald. McDonald is the correct answer. Yeah, So it's 2-1 here. Uh, Kevin, Donegal's lightning start was enough to see off Mayo in 2012, but what two players scored early goals for Eamon team that day? Have you an Ask the Legend left, left? I'm not sure. Not hard, to guess. No.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Murphy. Murphy. and. Uh, McFadden, Murphy and McFadden, yeah. As, as Eamon said, it's not hard to guess with that uh, the 2012 team. All right, okay. Well, that leaves us. I think it's three-one here, but there is uh, two points uh, up for grabs in the la- in the in the next round. It's the 2020 round, so we're just going to concentrate on stuff that's already happened this year's uh, season so far. So, Kevin, we're going to start with you. <laughs> David Clifford was controversially sent <laughs> off. I guess thrown in this year's oh, league. Oh, Um, largely on the advice of the referees umpires I understand, Um, a decision that Usher McConville described in the press as disgusting.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Your question is,
2: before David Clifford was so cruelly shown to the line, what had he scored that day in a match that I may remind you Kerry lost by one point?
6: Well, Arsene, Does it doesn't matter, you're
2: on a great job What a Seven points. Oh, so close. You're really, really unlucky here. Six points, uh, unfortunately. Um, and the last question now for you, Kevin, actually. You've already won the quiz but we'll give you the last question anyway. Even though it was meant for apparently notorious um, uh, fan of the Advanced Mark, uh, yeah. Mal, <laughs> who was supposed to be here. But he. Uh, the question here is that we all know the forward mark is in the process of ruining the game of football but we've been told you're a massive fan of proponent of the rule, obviously yeah, that yeah, isn't yeah. you but how many scores has Michael Murphy got for marks in this year's league so far? Six. Two only, yeah so that's it, the official clubhouse mastermind of Balahi an official title <laughs> Kevin Doherty lads <laughs> thanks very much for being great okay. sports you both got uh, £50 uh, Sports Direct vouchers and um, a dairy jersey that's been so kindly donated to us by Sports Direct. Mark, I believe, is in the audience with some questions for our panel.
3: impression the game we get all with what you put in, is like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. If your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth the goods and she give you 50 pence, you can't get the pound's worth the goods. Can you? Limerick <laughs> <laughs> went out there from the world court today, no more about it. They made all the run, that was it. Put the ball over the barrel in the back and that's it. No ifs, no buts. There's no sympathy in this game for anybody.
4: Yes, I am here with Chris Brown. Chris, what question have you got for the panel?
3: Well, I'm just listening there to to, a furnace to God himself, as he's known in these parts. Peter uh, He touched on Jardis Burns becoming the next, uh, hopefully becoming the next president. At least in these parts, we would know who he is which is a great start. (laughs) But I'm thinking of possibly presidents and what they can achieve. He talked in another website about uh, retaining the amateur ethos. And I'm wondering if uh, that's vital to us here in Vallaha. I'm sure it is all over Ulster and probably hopefully throughout Ireland. But uh, can we keep the amateur ethos the way the game's going with development squads and all the rest he, he's claiming that you should only train the county teams can only train on a wednesday and on a friday and that if they train otherwise they will lose by way of a fine part of the grant, which they're getting directly from croke park i like their thoughts on it yeah
6: yeah fair point i, I know certainly I agree with your sentiments chris um but it's a, it's a very difficult position to be in if, if you're a, a county manager and if you're managing Derry, and you have a chance, you have a chance of winning an all-earn Of competing with the best. So, what's your options? How are you going to compete with Dublin who are up there at the minute and, and the, the pack's chasing at them? How are you going to compete with them? if you can't put serious demands on your players and get them to the level they need to be at to compete with Dublin. Because they are they are up there. So that's a position that a lot of managers, they can't afford to say, right lads, we're, we're gonna play, we're gonna let you train with, with your clubs one night a week, we're gonna let you uh, play more games. It's just not, it's not feasible. And um, it's, their hands are, are largely tied. But until you get to a situation where the season is much shorter, and players aren't with county teams as long as they are, um, then it's, it's going to be a very difficult one to try and, and break. Um, from my own club point of view, and I'm sure it's no different here, our, our club players who play for Throne are fully committed to Throne. But whenever they're asked to come to training sessions with a club, they're, they're always there, they're, they're fully committed. And I know Throne is different. And a lot of counties and that you know before the, the championship a ball is kicked for for their county our club players will have played at least five or six uh, club games with the club before they play a, a championship match with throne so certainly the the ethos that you're, you're, you're talking about is, is very much evident club is very strong and and thrown but I'm not convinced you know that's the case in, in other counties
0: and, and just on it question was, can we keep the amateur ethos? Um, I think it's it's inevitable because the county game's got so big, what's gonna happen is that administration-wise, someone's gonna be paid to look after the whole thing because it's so much money being bandied about. People with full-time jobs won't be able to look after it. Once they start getting paid, county managers are gonna start looking at their workload and start saying, no, I wanna get in on that there. They're gonna start getting paid and then players then or say well if these two boys are getting paid we're going to start getting paid and that, that's obviously if we keep on the same road we're going now that's a good few years down the lane but that's inevitably what will happen I think you know. Yeah. Um,
2: if you have any questions and you can't get to Mark don't forget that you can tweet us using the hashtag clubhouse live um, at any stage tonight and we'll try to get them um, before we go Mark
4: Exactly, and just raise your hand wherever you are in the room. i am be sure to see even you behind you, I'll find you. Uh, one question that has come in on Twitter, hashtag Clubhouse Live, is from Sc- from Cathy Scullion for Eamon. She says, uh, there's a significant age difference on the panel. Uh, what's your earliest or best memories of the other lads on the panel?
1: Do you want to go on chronological aura? I <laughs> 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 um,
0: just don't know about Danny. <laughs> It's a bit outside my uh, age bracket there for getting back. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> Two boys I used to used to love until I started playing against them uh, growing up. Um, but probably my ear- earliest J-, J memory in terms of county game would have been I used to have a white curly mop when I was younger and people used to call me Tony Boyle and I had no wild interest in, you know, going on to be a county player until people started calling me Tony Boyle and then I said, geez, that's that was my thing because people nicknamed me Tony Boyle, so that's probably but no, I used to definitely looked up to the these two boys. So I'd never tell them that in the field, now, but <laughs> tell them other things, but no, it was definitely not a of
1: time for them. Well, it was my like, first memory was when my mother carried me into the All Ireland final that Peter was playing in. 1995, uh, <laughs> she gave me my bottle and, uh, <laughs> and I sat there watching it. That wasn't your mother, that was Jeremy Dean. Still
5: was a dummy.
2: Eamon, there's another one for you actually in uh, asking who, the, what um, corner forward would you have loved to kind of, uh, that you never crossed paths with,
0: would you have loved to? to um, have Marked over the years? The ego in me w- wants to say I'd love to Mark Canavan, but the r- realist in me, also oh, I'd never be fit first leg. Like, so uh, I was always putting the big heavy book in, <laughs> in the full forward line and never never the nippy book. But you know, it, part of me would have loved to have Marked uh, mark Canavan. I remember I marked Oshin in 2006 Ulster final in Croker and above the knee, he marked him <laughs> above the knee hammered, we got hammered so off
1: still <laughs> <it>. hammered <laughs>
0: off the field and the joke going that night because I was taken off Austin at half time and over to Paddy McKeever he had a stormer then, the joke that night was that I made two All-Stars in one day like.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question here from Ronan Rocks Bob Derry Blair uh,
6: just a question for Eamon, it's good to see Eamon talking so much here. he usually uh, let his fist do the
0: talking when he was playing um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just I, I'm gonna come on here, on <laughs> uh, Just a quick, just sorry, I'll,
2: I'll ask the question first, Damon. Just uh, your thoughts on uh, your short management career. Um, You're involved in under twenty ones a couple of years ago, and uh, just a, and game against, a game against a game against Um What were your thoughts that day whenever you get sent off? <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's kids here, so I can't... Uh, <laughs> But it was Derry something or another, um, right, how do I <laughs> compose, yourself. compose myself here? Um, you know, I thought I'd left all that behind me when I went to the sideline now, but I was thinking how did, me and the Derry selector ended up on a, I actually clipped them after the game because we ended up on a verbal throughout the game and I was running on and he'd run on and we were going over and back. And uh, whatever was said, you know, I I took an umbrage with it, and you know we had a few words at the end that clipped them, and I just remember thinking, walking off the field, I think I thought I left that behind me when I stopped playing. So uh, now beat by a better team, Ronan. Um, but this on the, the clip, and the only time I've deserved a clip. How many have t- lost every count. time I've every every played? <laughs> and the only time I've actually got clipped is from two Derry men so. yeah.
2: There's a question actually here, Danny, from Mick on the stage who wonders uh, how come Derry are always the common denominator in any of the fights <laughs> that we're hearing about uh, <laughs> tonight? The, the fights? Yeah, fights and riots and melees and shamazzles and different things.
5: I think, uh, I suppose, at club level, any of the fights that we had was because we're, we're very passionate about our clubs. And we really want to one you know what I mean? I think that's why anything that occurred Um a bit of a run in Cross McLean, I suppose, a couple of times it was one down in Cross McLean and then one in the Austin final, I suppose, was because both of us really wanted to win the match and we'd do whatever we had to do to win the match, you know, and uh, sometimes that is pushing the boundaries. I think these boys know but Peter, Peter, with a div, if you went near him all you had to do was yeah. touch him and he'd have been down claiming for a free and I've seen you um, coming that.
6: Of I, yeah. I, I, could, I
5: had to run at you a long time before they would caught you. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, uh, again, we Austin played against us in a couple of those those Ulster Championship matches as well. And, you know, yeah. it's just fantastic football. And you know, it's great to play against it boys was, like these here. It was a
1: different time, though. It was, mean, it was. it yeah. was a different time. And you, you got away with a lot more. And it took a lot more to get a row going than it would not uh, normally and look we simple and simple we had a couple of Halyons playing they had a couple of Halyons playing and uh, they started and then it, it, everybody ended up in the row it was one in all in and, and the, that's the way it, and
5: umpires way it was. You see umpires at that time never would have reported anything no they, David Clipper to be still they, on they, anyway yeah. they didn't have no mics on or anything like that there one <laughs> uh, the, wanted the attention of the referee they had to put up a white flag and come in here and tell you what's going on and they couldn't be bothered doing that there so ways we would have club it all, they get on with it, and, and how hey, they went. Peter, we're
2: talking a lot about the club tonight, actually, but the, it strikes me that, especially in the '90s, and I don't know whether it's fallen off a little bit now, but the the Tyrone Derry rivalry at county level was something else as well, wasn't it? Like, I don't know if there was as many actual fights or anything like that that I can remember, but I do remember just a lot of games that were just like tight and tense and very, very physical.
6: Um, that was a fair enough comment. Um, I think part of the reason from a throne point of view was that we struggled to beat Derry initially. The early 90s, when I started playing the first three or four years, first four years I think we didn't get past the first round and Derry beat us on a couple of those occasions Um, in a National League final that we felt we played the better football and Derry finished it very strong to win I think their first first National League title. and then they played us a couple of weeks later in the first live, first ever live GA match in the done yeah, in Sally Park. Park. Yeah. Um. And they played us off the pitch that day. So from a throne point of view, to get the better of Derry, it culminated. I think it was 1995, um, where we had two men sent off. And I think the animosity in the crowd that day was something else. And the mm. throne had got to a stage where they were just fed up of getting beat by by their neighbours. Um. And that's a game that's that's still talked about and and thrown. Derry had won the All Ireland. They they were All Ireland champions a few years before, but you know the point made after it, and there were some hard men and and that Derry team. And if they got a chance to let you know about it, um, but off the pitch, uh, again I, w- I would have to say there's never an argument. Yeah. had off it. the hand went out after the game was over,
5: and and that's the way it should be. Yeah, absolutely. The '82 championship match up in Celtic Park. They, they, we had to wait for the TV, and all the players were lined out, and everybody was uh, waiting for the ball to be thrown in, and the referee was waiting and watching with the TV for them to do it. And we had to wait for about two or three minutes. And I, all I remember looking around was seeing Kieran McKeever and, and uh, Peter on the ground. The two of them on the ground together, uh, wrestling and, and Peter boxing at him and clipping at him and. For for yeah. Yeah. I, I, heard, I
6: heard McKeever talking once on, on the pitch, he would bit lumps out of you, no problem, and you could hammer away at him, he never opened his mouth. The only man that I, I told him, uh, that I heard him giving out to was, was brolly After brolly <laughs> he scored one of the goals and right. started running around the pitch, blow on, and McKeever left me on a run out, brolly get the fuck back to that <laughs> Uh, he was ready he was ready to hit him, but apart from that there was no talking there.
2: i wonder if joe brawley's ego would be able to handle the fact that we didn't even reach him when we were doing the dairy team in the quiz there earlier but <laughs> mark i don't know if you've got anything yes
4: else? i've got a uh, Cormac Diamond here he's a question for the panel
6: hey guys uh the question for uh, any of you is you've all been uh, brilliant Gaelic players and excelled at the highest levels what sort of skills uh, or of your skills do you think you'd apply to
1: another sport that you may have wanted to play uh, during your, your sporting careers? Simple enough for me, uh, NFL. You know, the kicker that comes on and then goes back off again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I would, have been, I would have been very happy to fulfil that role, and I've been very envious of those guys all through my career.
6: I'll, I'll answer for McGee. M-M-A. It's
3: <laughs> supposed to take McGee's away, man.
2: Um, we have a question here actually uh, on Twitter, uh, asking from Seamus O'Kane. Who's the best footballer on stage? Which might not be an easy one for you, for uh, any of the dancers, but actually one that I think is good for nearly all of you is like, who's your toughest opponent, or who was your toughest opponent? Danny, you start with yourself.
5: I had, I had a really lot of boys. You I was standing at full back. There was none of these blanket defences in them days. So anybody that stood in beside me you had to get an advantage straight away. They're always quicker than me, and, and, and I found everybody very, very tough at that time. I suppose particularly, uh, I suppose, it was quite a, I had a stand right here one day and Mark, Mickey Linn, uh, and I'll never forget it. Uh, Mickey Linn was playing full forward for down, and I'll tell you, it was a tough day. I think it was the closest to him I got was about five yards, and that uh, was really, really tough. He's just a fantastic footballer. And
2: yeah, still is, he's, and he's t- t- about 55. I, and he's still playing at 50 <laughs> yeah. odd years of age. It's
5: just... We were talking. We were down at the down match a couple of weeks ago. There and we were chatting. And like he's in great shape, and he still out training. And yeah, still doing everything.
0: Anyone? Would you have someone to six out for you? Probably go with Sean Capone. You know, someone I've marked a few times throughout the career, and you know he's got the better of me in some days. I've got the better of him now. But he was just—you could never break him. Like you could just, you, no matter how much you kept at him. Like he was just mentally strong, and he was just an unbelievable athlete and unbelievable footballer.
1: If he had said me, I would have said him, but I'm not saying him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I only got 30 minutes and he was <laughs> I was taken off. I always said Seamus Moynihan. Now, funny, when I'm here tonight, I'm thinking Sean Murray Lockhart was yeah. another way was very difficult to get change out of, but it just, I just marked in a couple of times, and he was very physically strong, deceptively quicker than he looked, and he was a brilliant reader of the game, and he caused me a few problems. No, he caused me a lot of problems uh, in my time in life. Peter
6: um, Carl Damon was not the toughest man <laughs> <laughs> um, David O'Neill wasn't bad uh, no, Sean, Sean Marty Lockhart and Ciaran McIver um, I would yeah. say the two of them and the McNulty as well was sticky and mm-hmm. knew what he was at but um, if I had to pick one it, it would probably be McIver because i said it took me a right way before I felt I was able to get the better of him
2: Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks for all your questions. Uh, we've one more part tonight. Just to remind you that we are here with thanks to Sports Direct, who are proud sponsors of Grassroots gea on Ballsalle, and of course proud supporters of Ballahy GA as well. Mark, this one's your baby. This is it. Cabin man, sick of every of Dublin beating everybody. He's decided to combine <laughs> Ulster together and have one team to beat the Dubs this year to stop the six in a row. In an ideal world. This isn't the best-of. This isn't a, an all-star team. This is a team to specifically go out and beat the Dubs.
4: Yeah, exactly. I think it's sick of Captain beating no one more than uh, <laughs> <laughs> someone beating Dublin. But uh, we're going to quickly go through. The lads set us in their 15s uh, last night. So we're going to quickly go through uh, some of these. Uh, I know there's been, I think, I think uh, of all the teams, I think we only had about four that were up, uh, that every team, That every. Uh, Our four players that every person had gone for. The first one up, I think, that we have to decide on, really, is Goalkeeper. Uh, I know two went for Rory Began. Uh, <laughs> no, mm-hmm. no, and two of the lads went for Niall Morgan. So that's how No Sean Patton
2: straight away there. Yeah. Sorry. No Sean Patton there straight away.
0: No, I have no wild arguments. You know, I was going to go with Patton, but I think between Morgan and Beggin, they'll uh, they'll take it.
4: Yeah. You see, your here's team you know, up here. Oh, I went sure, for Morgan. Yeah, here's Morgan. your team. You have got Niall Morgan. Out. Anyone that is in. Uh, that's in purple are the four players that was on everybody's team and then anything in yellow is what uh, that was. A, they were picked by three people here on the panel so they're somewhat of a consensus so we're going to have to decide on a consensus 15 here decide on the tactics decide on who's going to mark who or whatever uh, I think Eamon you had a couple of people already uh, picked out who they were going to pick up who did you who were you going to roll to McNamee on McNamee you take Conor Callahan
0: and R- Ryan Wiley would go on on Mannion and Chris McKay would pick up Fenton, just follow him them, follow them full-time. Neil McGee's an interesting pick. Would you know him now? <laughs> that was just based <laughs> on pure nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> There's
4: a couple of other interesting picks here. We'll go back to the, We've got uh, uh, Cairns, Burns, uh, McHugh, Murphy and McManus uh, are all solid picks. I like Murphy in at full forward. Um, this is going to be another debate we're going to have to settle here. A couple of people have him at centre half forward as well. Good to shift Rob McKiernan in there as well. Um, and then Danny, your team here, you've got Rory Began. I know you've got a lot of dairy lads on the team as well. Jesus. I we'll had to, to, <laughs> uh, we'll to get three on somewhere like as well. Uh, uh, you've got Chrissy McKay. obviously. I think everybody's got Chrissy at centre half back. Michael Murphy at centre half forward rather than full forward. What was your thinking there?
5: Well, I thought it would be another option from the kick-out again, you know. And I think, the, you know, if you've got Rory Began and goals, the kick-out going to go to Michael Murphy. You know what I mean? He can kick, he hits it that far. He, and I think that's a great outlet to get it over the top of that Dublin midfield. It would be, it would be. And, great.
4: and you've got, obviously, you've got, got Darren McCurry McGuigan It's a different full forward line than uh, a lot of the other lads have gone for.
5: I, I like Darren because I just think that cockiness and that you know, belief in himself is is, is brilliant to see in a county kind of player. And, and at the minute, he definitely has that. Um Shane is a fantastic footballer. Yeah. You know, he's been outstanding for Slough. Over his last few years, he has been f- fabulous for Derry. Any time I've seen him playing as well, and, like he really deserves to uh, to be pushed to that sort of level. You know, it, I suppose it's been very tough for him. He's been playing in Division Three, Division Four for Derry, but I, I think he's one of those players that, if he was pushed to the top level, he could still you know, s- still perform at it.
4: Uh, Peter, you uh, didn't put in any drone players. You don't want to show any favouritism here, or we'll get it out of you yet, though. The way they're
5: playing
6: at
4: the minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking at that, one player that pops up an awful lot and uh, is a player I love is Carl O'Connell. Talk to me a little bit about him.
6: Well, you have Jack McCaffrey for uh, Dublin, and Carl o- uh, O'Connell would be on nearly on, on a par with him in terms of speed and the attacking dimension that he adds to. He's a very good defender, but uh, very willing to bomb forward. And the amount of scores that he either creates or takes for, for Manon is, is something else. So uh, somebody of his, his speed and, and penetration definitely I would, I would want to have him there in the team.
4: And another person there, Sheik Holland at full back. I think he's still commuting from uh, Budapest, which is a serious commitment. Yeah, to I,
6: I think you would you would see more of this fella um, if he was playing with, with any other yeah. Uh, county. P- people don't get uh, a chance be- uh, because he's with Fermanagh. But anybody that he comes up against, anybody that he marks, and he's a couple of great games where he took on and-, and got the better of Michael Murphy, and not too many people can, can say that. Uh, strong, robust, uh, you know, Neil McGee, a bit bigger than Neil McGee, but he's that type of, of-, of player, and he's still learning the game, he's still getting better. So uh, I think he's
4: worthy of a shout in there. And then we move on to oh sorry I've skipped ahead.
6: Uh, Plus a new Eamon was here, and I just didn't want to put Neil down.
4: There we inside.
2: go. There's
6: Oshins.
4: Oshin, Reena, Neil at midfield. Peter Haddam at full forward. You know him well. What do you think of behind that?
1: <laughs> what was me thinking? Of me, I just had to get him in because I still have to go home. This
2: is nepotism on two teams.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Morgan. Uh, I think he's he's been outstanding. I think if they'd stop taking him up the field to take free kicks, I think he would be thought of a lot more highly. I think a lot of people see he's thirty three or forty percent from uh, free kicks when he gets off the field and I think if they'd leave him in the goals I think he's he is uh, for me he's probably just ahead of begging at this stage. I think he's yeah. been I think he started here brilliantly as well. Um uh, is somebody I like. McNamee uh, Colin is somebody I like because Colin uh, realizes what um, his limitations are, and I like that in a cornerback because most cornerbacks can't play football, uh, or they couldn't certainly in uh, <laughs> in my era. And uh, <laughs> um, the rest of it's sort of self-explanatory. Darren O'Hagan, I suppose, is one. Uh, he's he's basically been Down's defence mm. for some time mm. now. Peter, uh, Team, yeah, he's, he's playing a lone Uh Couldn't leave Cal McShane out. Uh, I wanted to leave Jamie Clark out, but I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> Actually, Clark's
2: an interesting one for me. I was going to pick you up on him. Like, obviously, a club maiden. But, you know, again, we're not looking for a current sort of best-of team, but a team that, you know, if Jamie Clark was in a forward line like that that had so many weapons, you'd think that he could have that little bit of extra space that he's probably not getting with Armagh and do a lot of damage. It just seems to me like that's someone that sticks out to me that could actually be perfect. Like.
1: I think if he was playing off McShane, on Murphy he of an absolute field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you'd probably be lucky enough to get a pass in that four-lane. I remember we played in a, <laughs> myself and Peter played in the Railroad <laughs> Cup, Cup team, and the full forward lane was me, Peter, and, and Brendan Devenne. And none of us pa- passed. <laughs> <laughs> none of us pass had passed we, or had we any intention of passing at any stage during the game, but... If you think of Clark playing off the legs of McShane, you think McManus, Murphy. Very, very strong team. Uh, Peter, if, really.
2: if we're going to pick a goalkeeper here, I think you're the swing vote here. I think we could get you this change to Morgan if we needed <laughs> well, to.
6: Now, the, the, the point that Ashin made uh, is why maybe Began would, would, would just have an advantage because he said Morgan on his free kicks yeah. is about 30 or 40%. You can't say that about Began, he's, he's double that. Mm. Uh, and the score that he had against uh, Dublin. Dublin, yeah. Um, so, when you have a, a free-ticker that you know either side of the 45, that the ball's going over the bar and going dead, um, I would accept that Morgan is possibly a better goalkeeper in terms of his uh, agility and reading of the, of the game very quick to come off his line too. Um, but for his scoring uh, prowess, Began would, would marginally shade it. Yeah.
0: But, is, uh, on the keeper is that obviously the uh, first evolution was kickouts have to be accurate as nearly 100%, 90%. Some of them are going now, but the next evolution is they have to be good in the ball. And yeah. you know Morgan's quick to come off the line. He's more athletic than Began and just to kind of sway it back towards yeah. him. He's yeah. better on the ball, I we, think. We, we both haven't
6: spoken about, well. spoke about Patton either, but Patton... It's very close to those boys. His, his kickouts uh, in night were absolutely... superb, yeah. and they have been this past it's couple of years. Unbelievable,
0: the days that, uh, you know, it's a cliche now, the days of the, sh- the shite player going into goals, they're sober. You know, keeper has to be so, so bloody good
4: now. Like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Make sure if you have any opinions on who should go with this team, be sure to tweet us that. use the hashtag <laughs> ClubhouseLive. Live. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And you can get to send in any of the views. We'll have read them up here on stage as well. We've got a couple of other candidates who uh, just weren't mentioned in the lads' teams. You can see them here. Some of finished lads. How has nobody got porry Faulkner in this team? I don't know. I know I'm speaking as a cabman, man, but uh, he's been brilliant the last couple of years. Uh, Hamsey Burns, McGrath, uh, McFadden, Ferry, Mooney, McCairdon. There's a lot here. Uh, then if you go on, that's just the, the defence. Then look, these midfielders. Conal Jones, brilliant midfielder for Fermanagh. You've got Hughes, McGee, Langan. Uh, McCairdon, McFadden, Donnelly Lots of different options here There's probably people even that aren't on this list That easily could be in the team Sludden, McInnesby, Harrison uh, Donald Hare, Marty, Riley Kieran uh, Thompson, Darren v He'll come home at the snap of a finger from Australia That's I tell you <laughs> for someone else for this game uh, Matty Donnelly as well Conor Myler, oh, uh, uh, you had ushing him in your team And he just missed out
1: Yeah, no, I had him in the team And then I took him out when I realised I had more <laughs> uh, drone players than I had Armagh So... Uh... <laughs> I took him out and I replaced them with your nephew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the
4: team, just a reminder, this is the team that started the, I think the replay of the all Final Lashes. This is what we're up against. It was not just the best 15 in Ulster. We have to pick a team here with Dublin in mind and how we're going to stop them. So we've come back here. I think we have the consensus. Uh, we've only got four players so far. So that's who are we deciding on? I know we met a couple. of... I think we thought we had settled on Beggin there for a second, and then we're back to Morgan. But who are we going for as our goalkeeper? Morgan.
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: We we'll go Morgan to go. So then our full back line. Uh, there's a couple here. I think Ryan Wiley is in uh, three of the teams, except he's in the full back line and two of them. I think in the half back line in one of them. Uh, so we're kind of again, if you go back to the, the Dublin team, it's kind of how does Ryan Wiley match up? Because I think everybody could agree that he should be in the team.
1: Well, if I was thinking, if I was, my thinking behind Ryan Wiley would be um, on Conor Callan. I think, uh, for me, that's that's as good a matchup as you can go go with. I think Ryan Wiley has been brilliant for Monon, a cornerback, to move the mid to centre-half back now, and he's still brilliant. He's he's an exceptional, uh, he's a very good stopper, if that's what you want him to do, but uh, he can also play a bit of ball, so... uh, that's, that was my thinking. My thinking was that I would like him to pick up O'Callaghan.
4: Is there anyone in disagreement that Ryan Wiley can't go into this team? I suppose it's actually, if you look at the full back line, if we go through them uh-huh. all here, it's <coughs> uh, who, do we, who, who, who is it expensive? If we have Ryan Wiley and maybe a cornerback on O'Callaghan, Shea Cullen, there's a lot of love for him as well. O'Hagan, I think, was in two of the teams, but again, one in the full back line, <coughs> one in the half back line, uh, his own back, Gallagher go in as a wing-back or does he go back into the full-back? Steve
2: McManaman is knocking around there as well. Yeah, exactly.
4: There's a few different options here. So I think it's probably trying to get the match-ups right. Uh, I think Ronan McNamee has to go on the team. Definitely.
2: I think there's been enough arguments for Cullen over the course of you guys going through your teams. Would anyone have any kind of reason for leaving him out other than him living in Budapest? I think
1: think Cullen would do do a good job on Manion or Rock and I think then McNamee picks up the third one. So... So we're all agreeing the full back line. That's we're, back
4: we're moving game. through it here. We're getting, we're getting through here. <laughs> I'm not giving anyone a chance to
0: there's, <laughs> there's no way we can get Neil in the team. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Make the case. I don't want to laugh about it too much. It's not that ludicrous. Like, he's
0: a pretty <laughs> yeah, good player. Like, <laughs> it's
5: very hard to take years
4: uh, off.
0: We, we, might, we might get him in the team if we have that umpire
5: that was there with
1: <laughs> Kevin.
4: <laughs> Kevin. So I <laughs> think we're all agreed uh, Christy McKay gets set to half back uh, and then is it Carl O'Connor or Carl O'Connell and Owen Ban Gallagher as your two wing backs? What are your other options? I here? didn't
1: have Carl O'Connell in, in my team but I wouldn't have a problem with him being there. Uh, Tiernan
4: McCann.
1: McCann.
4: Danny, you are the only man with Tiernan McCann. I, 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 like the, I
5: like the fact that Carl uh, O'Connor and Tiernan McCann uh, moving forward. I think you have to have a go at Dublin too. you know. And I think uh, the strength of those two boys is moving forward. You know, and I think to try and beat them, doubler, and they can sit back as well, the same as other teams are doing now. so I think you have to have a real go at them, and you have to have people who move forward and maybe get an odd score.
4: Um, I'm afraid, though, I think you're kind of outvoted here. If we look at... I suppose, Oisin, you're the man with the second vote, because you don't have either of the two boys we're going to put in the... We have Ryan Wiley obviously in the full back line. So uh, is it Karl O'Connell for you and uh, Bang Alahor, or would you be going for uh, Thierry McGann?
1: Um, oh. It's not an easy Way done. above my peer grade. That decision. Who's <laughs> yeah. the manager of this team?
4: <laughs> I wouldn't
1: have a problem with either of them, but probably edge towards Bangalow, maybe. I
4: think yeah, the, there's a, a number of votes about both and O'Connell. So I think they're, uh, I suppose they're the two boys in the half-back. And we're actually moving across here. Along yeah, this we've got to the backs
2: bad. done. Yeah, not too bad.
4: That's time we um, tried this go midfield. I then like. Yeah, I think we were in a pub for about four hours, and we only had uh, to have even <laughs> the name of the team sheet. <laughs> it's not too bad. Charlie uh, Burns getting a lot of love. Colin Cavanagh as well. Um Who else have we? Daniel uh, Kearns obviously as well. Back. It's yeah. a great game at the weekend. I think this is, again comes down to Dublin and try to match their midfield. <clears throat> With
2: Burns scenes like it's funny. I think there's going to be I think 2020. You know, over the course of the next few months, we'll have different names in this list because even just watching. Donegal on Saturday night against Dublin you look at the two boys there and they look like they're making a leap forward and I think we will kind of see an evolution of that. I, I suppose we're going by what we know so far as well, Like you know, but um, Burns seems like the only one, Oisin, who's kind of more or less across the board. This guy is um, special, is he like, that's like he's going to be kind of like the, the focal point of our math for the next 10, yeah, 15 no, years? I am
1: sure there's guys here who will remember his, his father playing, I suppose Charlie Oga is, is exactly the same as his father, with feet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I played along with Jarl for... And he can run to. Quite <laughs> And he can catch it. <laughs> no, um, I played along with Jarl for four, five, six, seven years and the first in the AlMA squad, and uh, I think he kicked it once. But this guy here has everything. He's a good finish. He's a cool calm finish. We've seen him in the challenge. get a goal last year, maybe two goals. I think he got a goal against Calvin. Um,
2: that was a he, goal against Cavan,
1: Mark. He's he's exceptional. He's exceptional. He started the year more in the half forward lane with Armagh than, than uh, last year. He played all of his football in the middle of the field, but yeah, no, he's he's worthy to be in there. I
4: think, yeah, Hick Burns is probably definitely in there. Has anyone got any objections? I suppose we have to go through who else we have to fit in alongside him. There's Niall Cairns.
6: You'd love to you'd love to see him having a rattle at Brian Fenton. Fenton's the best midfielder in the in the country. He can catch the ball, uh, he, he can dictate set up play and he can score. Uh, he wouldn't have the leg. Burns certainly would be for the legs and he's mobile enough to stay with him and it'll be one hell of an aerial battle as well. So it'll be a good matchup to see those two boys go at it.
4: Definitely. And then if you're looking for uh, his partner in midfield you've got a vote in here from Peter for Grove. McCarran. I think, uh, was it, uh, Eamon, you've grown as well, but you've been in the, the half-forward line. Yeah. Colin Cavanagh with uh, Danny, uh, Niall Cairns from Eamon, and I think you've re- uh, Niall Cairns and Reena washing. So, lads, we're going to have to get a vote, a shout-a-piece from each of you who should be... Uh, can I, get, can I tell
1: you something about Niall Cairns? Uh, and I guarantee Abanti won't know it, but you'll obviously know it now. But uh, <laughs> Niall Cairns is the college in the dark. Uh, I had him uh, this year, he played in the middle of the field for us, but he was in a white-collar boxing match last night, and I guarantee <laughs> you Banty didn't know he was doing that. Uh, and he won it as well. Uh, for me, he's the, at this moment, right now, he's, a, he's the second best midfielder in the country, I would say. Uh, he's been absolutely exceptional, and he's just getting better and better. He looks, he that's the best shape I've ever seen him in.
4: So, any objections to Cairns no, being no. Jerry Oaks? Pardon, good. Good. We good. We're field. straight through. We're on to the half forward line. So, first of all, the big decision we have to make in the half forward line, and Eamon, I'm going to come to you, because everybody else is Michael Murphy, at centre half forward. <coughs> yeah. Do you want him in the full forward line? Make the case.
0: Michael Murphy at full forward, like, the am sure everybody agrees the best full forward when he's, when he's let play there, and I think when you're operated in what with lads like that, what likes Nail Kearns, Grouse McKeenan, uh, Ryan, Peter Hart, you can afford to leave them there. Just we can't afford to have them inside all the time, and you know picked up by a by a sweeper or picked up by two sweepers. Um, but you can when when you're when you're surrounded by quality, and that's where we have to get to. That you know the lads of the legs of Ryan, Ban, Paddy McPhererty, these boys step up, and you know create the threats elsewhere that michael can go go inside and that's where i'd have liked to have seen him there during the league and you know give the response but you know division one we can't we can't really afford to do that now but you see him in club level there and you know we've seen him there at the start of his starter's career that michael when he's in there he's, he's unmarkable basically mm.
2: see the performance he put in on saturday night <laughs> he was absolutely outstanding i thought like and just like looked like michael murphy is absolute best but when he did come out the field when Dublin were getting back into the game, it felt like, it felt like Donegal kind of didn't have... They, ne- they do need it for his abilities out the field, but it's like they lack teeth um, inside then, you know? And I don't know if you as a player, like, you know, you, the best place to tell us, like, as a player, did you ever feel, I don't know, do you feel kind of like a more, more heart, I suppose, when you know that Michael's in there ready to get the ball when you're winning it or clearing it? passing it to someone else who's going to give a better
0: past. it wasn't so much that there He just knew that whatever type of ball you put into him like it's famous Big himself and Big Neil had a t- the impression was the telepathic understanding but all Big Neil did was just hoof it into him there was no <laughs> kind of finesse to it at all he just got the ball and hoofed it into him and Mike it, it lost count of how many goals between club and county that i seen that combination and just Big Neil got the ball seen Michael's inside and boom and you know Michael was able to catch it and deliver
4: the finish. The problem is, though, you're the only man, I think, that hasn't been the full forward line. Has Eamon's argument swayed anybody else to move him in from centre-half uh, forward?
6: I, I think centre-half forward's a very pivotal position and uh, teams that have won a lot of things had brilliant centre-half forwards. K- Kieran Kilkenny, Brian McGuigan uh, for us, mm. um, Greg Blaney, Martin McHugh, Ronan Rocks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, all pivotal uh, positions, but Murphy has to be there because he can win ball, he, he can dictate, he can bring other players into the game like he did the other night, and he can win the game uh, on his own from centre half forward as well. So If that's, you're that's picking,
2: I'm I presume we're going to get to like Cotton McShane possibly being the 14, if you're looking at a team, like an actual team to play together to beat Dublin, do you want a 14 who's more likely to come out and relieve him no, for the two to switch? I no? agree on
6: O'Neill and for the same reason why maybe... Uh, Eamon had Michael Murphy to kick the ball in long because if there's a weakness in Dublin's yeah. team at the minute, uh, I would say it's a full back line and a, s- and a small goalkeeper. So the size of Rain O'Neill at the edge of the square, my god, that's some option to have, especially with the mark. He would cause havoc Yeah. Um, in the full forward, as would Michael Murphy if he was getting enough quality ball in as well. Yeah. So I would be inclined to keep a big man in there.
5: I think his passing just, you know, he always gives the right ball, Michael Murphy. I think it's the one of the best county players over his last 10 years you know and his vision um he looks up and he plays the ball at the right time all the time you know
2: Seamus O'Kane has um sent in his team um and a lot of them are very similar to the, some of the ones we had he's got Michael Murphy um uh, in midfield but if you want to do the same hashtag clubhouse live but one name that came out peter that for me that's in his team that i haven't seen there and i don't even know if we haven't an honorable mentions is Maddie Donnelly. He's only a very underrated or just forgotten footballer sometimes, nah, you not know. Not he's not.
6: Yeah, um, they've won a couple of uh, county championships and in, in the two years they've won it, M- Matty Donnelly has has been brilliant. So um, and likewise, are struggling at the minute, and it's no coincidence that mm. their leader's not there. Matty Donnelly's not there. So yes, uh, I'm surprised that he's not. But I suppose on current form, he's not. He's not available. And, yeah. And maybe that's why. He's yeah, recency bias maybe.
2: Say that
4: to me. So. You've made the case for Murphy centre half forward, and you've made it at full forward. So O'Shea and Danny, you have the votes.
5: Well, I still think centre half forward because I'm I'm saying with any of those boys playing inside, you know, the the ability of Murphy to pass the ball to them would be deadly. I
1: like him. I like him there, and you have to make room for McShane inside. I know he's out for a lot of months, but uh, you have to make room for McShane. Like last year, was unbelievable.
4: So, would we agree on Morphy centre half yeah. forward, McShane full forward?
0: I didn't know McShane was so. If McShane's available, then
4: yeah, well, he's, he's I assume, assume we're not playing this then. game. We're not playing this game until everybody's fully fit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> First is September.
4: This is getting tough now. But we're, that, all...
2: we're saying McShane, but like we, you know, we did talk about Reardon Neal as well. So like, there is a maybe there's a room for him in the corner. Or 2 yes, manful forward line. liner there's yeah. a
4: lot of good players here we're going to yeah. have to try and narrow
2: it down Ryan McHugh uh, we're all saying uh better at wing forward taking McCaffrey out of the game maybe is that the reasoning behind that
6: well he's, he's a cert be it's half forward wing up back for me he's he's so brainy clever mobile um Dublin put Kieran Kilkenny on him or they put McHugh on Kilkenny and Kilkenny wasn't a big influence in the, on the game the other yeah. night. Um, McHugh nearly got a goal from the kick-out. Kilkenny was chasing him, having to chase him. So it certainly puts him on the back foot. Mm. Um, but uh, I think you can't have any team, uh, Ulster team without Ryan Q on it at the minute. For sure.
4: So we have a couple more to go. Uh, a couple of more positions to get through. We've got uh, a couple of nominees here still. We've got Roshi O'Neill, Jamie Clark, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, who else have we got here? Uh, we've got Grove and Peter Hart again, we haven't really talked about, and Paddy McBrarty So there's a lot of people to squeeze in here. Uh, Eamon, maybe we come to you with McCairin and Hart and McBrearty. we've only got two positions left maybe. Who would be the two you go for?
0: I love Geroge McKiernan. I, I think he's, I don't know, am I right in saying he's the most underrated player in, in Ulster? I just love his... Terrible thing to say. I'm sorry, Mark, but I feel sorry for him sometimes because <laughs> he's, like, he's just such he stuck him so cabin. much And uh, what he, how he plays, and you know, I just I love, I just want to have him on the team, like. But um, you know, McShane's going to have to get in there somewhere. Yeah. on
1: current form, McKieran's very, very close to that team. He's carrying them at the minute. The uh, definitely office, uh, in the half forward line as well because he's freed up right. rather than being at midfield coming off the shoulder with
4: lads the likes of Jarry Oakham running through or whatever you know, for shooting from range it's hard to well, pass past them it's hard to yeah but then we, we, we haven't even we're talked about we'll Paddy McFierty or
2: Conor McManus yeah. yet Or well, just if you were
6: playing with a roving corner forward there be room for Neil McGee there <laughs> know, <maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> I need a
0: babysitter <laughs> in the like next few weeks so we need to get him on
6: somewhere <laughs> I think I'd rather have Paddy in the corner than Neil now no harm
4: <laughs> so grow Peter Hart as well Uh Peter, like again, he's one of those players that's been around for so long and so dependable that maybe a lot of people are overlooking him. Well, I suppose it's the same
6: with Paddy McBrady. On current form, you uh, certainly wouldn't have him. He's been quiet in the past two games. Uh, McBrady's only used there for the for the last game, but um, yeah, over the course of this past three or four years, uh, Peter Hart and Matty Donnelly have been probably the Thrones' most consistent players, um, but. Again, with the quality of the players we're having, especially if we're talking up front, um, I think it's very hard. I didn't have Patty McBrady in it because he on current form, but if he's at himself, uh, could you imagine you know, a full forward line with him in one corner and Conor McManus in the other? There's some scoring potential there. Yeah,
4: definitely. And then also, you've got Hughes, McGuigan, and Rene O'Neill. Talk to us about your selections there.
6: Yeah, well, uh, for the same reason that Danny said about McGuigan, he's, he's Underrated, maybe he doesn't get the same exposure as a lot of the other players get. Um, Darren Hughes offers you something different in that he's uh, a workhorse. He'll literally run all day for he, you. He'll win ball in the air. Um, you know, so uh, Dublin, if they're Brian hard, sometimes the play wing halfback. But again, doesn't matter. He'll win his own ball anywhere, and he can score. Um, and then the other men speak for themselves. Murphy, McHugh, and McManus.
4: And who else have we got? We got I think Darren McFaul we talked about and uh, McFaul as well, Danny.
5: Once again, I don't think he's getting. If he was playing up in Division One, he would. Over his last few years, I think he's been outstanding for Derry. He's one of the leaders on the team, maybe a team short of leaders. And he's one of the boys that always goes out and always does the same job all the time. Works very very hard at it. Um, and I was trying to get a few more Derry men on, and he's <laughs> definitely he's uh, definitely worth it. Um, I think he's just unlucky at the one or two that just playing in Division 3 and Division 4 maybe what he can do you haven't seen enough of
4: yet. And I think uh, Oshin with your team as well you um, had uh, you had obviously the two O'Neills. it's, it's but and Jamie I should say you could pick up, you could pick so many of the faults. Yeah I might have, have so.
1: over egged it a wee by trying to get three cross lads into the or <laughs> two cross lads and an Eastern Gales lad into the uh, four lane but McShane, I'm McShane, I'm happy to t- I'm happy to put Rain in in one of the corners and have McShane full forward. I'm happy. To, I'm giving a little bit. i uh, McManus in the other corner. Uh, Murphy, McHugh, and Ian Ola. Don't know who that. Other so option is.
4: so we'll have to we've pick got that.
2: McShane at 14. We've got McManus at 15. We've got Murphy at 11, and we've got McHugh at 12. And I still think we don't have consensus on a 10 or a 13, do we? Uh,
4: I don't like. That's up. I suppose it's up to you to Mac, decide. McBrearty
2: or O'Neill is that the next? Is that the choice for the corner? Mm-hmm. It comes down to that. It's so yeah, going to
4: it's make Birty,
1: isn't it? Well, I go with Ryan. In here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this has been recorded, uh, O'Shea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danny, how about, what do you think? Just, I just don't like
5: agreeing Ryan O'Shea. That's the the one. I it. But mean he's fat. As unmarkable he's some footballer as well you know uh, I, I because he was injured and not playing full-time I w- would have had him the team automatically if he if he had been playing I had the same with Matty Dongley I don't even think about Matty Dongley to see him but um, I'd still be going for McBrady. I think he's something else you know
4: okay so McBrady, O'Neill That's do have votes
0: can we not get O'Neill out in the half-forward line there? We could, we, yeah. we still
6: have a wing, so wing we have forward a forward like, yeah. Player like yeah. yeah. We need a left-footed free taker and he scores. For
2: I was going to ask but about free takers yeah, because we do need to think about this as well. Like, who's taking the freeze on this team? Murphy, maybe...
1: Niall Morgan. Niall Morgan, <laughs> 30%. <laughs> well,
6: Murphy, Morgan or Neil McGee, some of the three. <laughs> <laughs>
4: what are your thoughts on that so, uh, so Reno Neal at half forward with in the corner that means likes of McHair and Hart misses out uh, who else have we got here McFall McWigan miss out McCurry um, but I think they're probably the two that have popped up yeah. the most on that team and that's
2: John Small then probably marking Reno Neal which could be a battle and a half hmm. I'd say yeah. there'd be a few uh, umpires looking the other way uh, uh, during that battle I'd say. I'd
1: like to see him and Morfie at it again actually
4: Lads, do you think anybody is going to beat Dublin this year? <laughs> after this, all this. <laughs> after this also 15, as lads get the team together uh, with the final graphic. Like, there, are, are there, uh, there are... What signs can you take from the early rounds of the league, really? But Kerry definitely seemed to be on, a pa- on that lever, just below it. Um, is, is there anybody else that can challenge them as well?
6: Yes. Yes, as, as for, for me, I think Kerry, I've got very close last year. Kerry, Kerry can only get better with, with the age profile of their team and Dublin, whilst the new management do, do they have the same hunger deep down, you know, don't tell me they have the same deep-rooted hunger yeah. to win an all Ireland this year that those Kerry players, David Clifford and those Kerry players do so Kerry should be uh, improving and getting a bit closer and I've, I've said it before that in terms of scoring potential and natural players if, if Donegal can catch fire and, and take their game to a new level they certainly have the quality of of players there uh, to do it could be a wee bit away from them at the minute Um, but Mayo no Uh, Throne no Um, and Kerry yes definitely Would
2: you be worried about Throne given what we've seen so far this Uh, year? I would
6: Um, again it's early days they're not firing on all cylinders and they're going to have a real dog fight and I'd still expect them to stay up um, but they're going to have to dig very, very deep. But without Cal McShane and without Matty life they're not in a good place at the minute.
1: Yeah, I, um, I can't see anybody beating the Dubs. Um, I think for the next two or three years. I think you know they've already unearthed a couple of, a couple of players during the league. Uh, Bugler looks like a, a serious player. I think Paddy Small will have a bigger role to play than he than he has had. Um, and I think Shea. Of, one midfield, a midfield partner, I think that's what they're looking at. And if, if, you, if any of you know your guy, uh, O'Coffey Bourne, if anybody has seen him lately, I think he's about six foot 20. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, he, when you've seen him at under 20 level, which isn't that long ago, I think 12 months ago they played in the final, um, he hadn't a lot of bulk on. You will see the guy now, he's massive. Um, he play probably play some part towards the end of the league. But I think that's the only thing that they've been searching for during the league. They've tried a couple of different partners for uh, Fenton in the middle of the field, but uh, once this game bursts on, it's, it's going to give them another dimension altogether. And uh, I, can't, I can't see anybody beating the Dubs for the next two or three years. And that What about though? this team? Here's the final <laughs> team:
4: <laughs> <laughs> Diavorga, Ryan O'Reilly, uh, back to me, Cullen O'Connell, <coughs> McKay, Ban Gallagher, Burns, Cairns, O'Neill, Murphy, McHugh, McBrearty, McShane, and McManus. Lads, speak now and forever hold your peace. How uh, we all agreed on this 15?
1: So, Dublin are right still being... Let's <laughs> 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 start again. I want to go home. <laughs> I, think, I think
5: Galway have to be... Galway, Galway are improving as well. Yeah. You know, there's a potential always within them now and again to produce that you know, the shock or, the, or get, a, get a big one over someday. <laughs> to score Which, a bit. there definitely a potential for them to come through as well.
0: Dublin are going to get caught this year. And let's say uh, they're going to be Kerry, Donegal, and Galway. Have you know Galway probably just starting off their journey. Yeah. D- Donegal. As Peter was saying, they have a lot going for them, but it's just a few bits of the, the puzzle, and can they find it now in the next in the next few months? Um. But Kerry. Donny Buckley is doing a lot of good work with them. He's one of the best coaches about. Um. So the the graph's only going to go up for them. I think. We'll come back to peter's point is that you know when when it comes into that battle and they have to ask themselves questions do dublin you know, not to say fuck it we're five we don't need a sixth
5: <laughs> <laughs> dublin the level of you know the level of trend and commitment that they've put into it as peter said over the last five years you wonder how long you can keep that going for
2: yeah
5: you know and, it, and it's been a tremendous effort to do what they've done you know and and they've had the wee break of the ball now and again, maybe with Mayo or whatever. But they're just there's some team and just a serious mm-hmm. panel of players.
0: Well, ma- is the best man to ask is, like, does there... As you build up the, the county medals, as you build up the Ulster titles, like, does there ever... Do you get greedier?
1: Yeah, I think you're greedy. I think the other thing is, when you get to Dublin stage, it's almost harder to lose, you know, when you go out on the field. As we've seen not, in the two Co-Park yeah, matches the, modern, the last few the weeks. The yeah, game yeah. in particular, I mean... You know, they never should have got back into that game, and they did, and they just have a knack of doing that. And it's a nice knack to be in, you know, and uh, you just never have them killed off, you never have them beat. Um, in The, the conditioning, the conditioning of the Dublin yeah. lads and the run out onto the field, just, it's, they're very imposing. They have, you know, the, you look at the backroom staff, you look at all everything that surrounds them, everything about them is very, very impressive, you have to say. I know... We, we can sit up here and we can begrudge them sometimes, but um, what they've done, you know, Gaelic football-wise is unbelievable because they've always had the numbers. But, like, I remember playing against them and they had a definite soft centre. That soft centre's gone. Do you remember them going out, linking arms, going to the, going to the hill? I mean, mm. they were searching for something that yeah. just wasn't there. Whereas this crew, they don't need any gimmicks. They just go out and they play, and that's just the way it is. And if you want to play defensive, they'll play defensive. If you want to play attack and football, they'll play attack and football. Whatever way you want to play, it they'll play it. You know, and that's for me is the most impressive thing about them.
5: Okay. Last question then, Danny. Are Derry going to get promoted? This is the time. I think Sunday. Sunday's a massive day for Derry. You know, the, going down to Cork is a, a very hard, hard task, and one on Cork. Cork's never easy. So, but. You know, I, mean, I think there's a belief in them, I know, um, I, I know they've worked very, very hard over the winter, uh, they've done a serious amount of training together, but I just don't know if we're going to get the players. Tom Dodgson before, if it's just maybe a player or two short maybe at, at this yeah. stage. Uh, but I still think there's a lot of stuff coming through, yeah. On the rate structures are good, there's plenty of good players coming through in Derry, like our own club, there's a pile of young boys coming through and you know, hopefully the success will come from it.
2: And what about Bilati then? The famine, 2005, I think. Is it? Is the famine going to end It's soon? a serious
5: pressure. I, rem- I remember as a young boy growing up in Bilati and hearing all the stories about... I was lucky. and I was about six years of age when Bilati won the All-Iron Club. And I can just about remember the the Lorrigan through the town with all, all these boys on it. And, and those boys were like Chris Brown, Tommy Diamond, um, the cast, all the casters were playing. All those boys were... were like heroes and I was looking up to them and I wanted to be the same as a Tom Scullion and a sixteen championship medal. I think Tom was 12 or something like that as well and, you know, and I remember growing up and I, and I wanted to be, to be like them and, you know, and I wanted championship medals as well and it was very very tough and I think we've had a tough time over this last maybe 10-15 years I think other clubs were working very very hard as well and, and I think we've we pushed ourselves, and we've got that level now. And coaching wise, it's never been any better. We have a load of fellas here, all players and past players who have come in and, and putting a serious amount of effort in from right from under sixes right through to minors. And, and I think we're going in the right direction. And with a wee bit of luck, and maybe all the young boys staying together, and people in the town here making sure there's work for them, that we can keep all the boys here. I think the future for Blaenau is good.
6: I think, no. I think the Omens are, are good this year for Ballahi. Um They have got some of the greatest players in the county up and coming. They've won an Ulster title there. Uh, they've got the greatest re- referee in there, Barry Castle. They definitely have the greatest umpire.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and,
6: and oh, Kevin Toner. <laughs> and, and two other, two other things they have too. They've got the greatest priest in there, <laughs> Father Andy Donald. He should be here tonight. and uh, uh, their manager is a fellow I work with called John uh, McKeever absolutely superb Uh, I've worked with him closely over his past number of years and he's going to be a great asset to Balahi moving forward as well so uh, get your money on Balahi for the championship that's it we wish us nothing
2: but the best of luck (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I think you'll all agree it's been an amazing panel. Will you please give it up for Danny Quinn, for Amy McGee, for Usher McConville and for Peter Cavan aka God. Thank also so much to sports director our proud sponsors of grassroots GEA on Balls.de and of course of Balahi. we've been up and down the country with them over the last couple of years and honestly the, the work that's put in across in the different clubs has been brilliant they're great supporters and it's great to be here with them.
4: Exactly also thanks to everybody from Balls.de who've been working hard behind the scenes and lastly thank you very much to everybody at Balahi. you've been an incredibly welcoming club to us uh, in, in the build up to this over the last couple of months all the work that has gone on behind the scenes you're They're so friendly, so helpful, and you all should really be proud of yourselves because you have a brilliant club up here.
2: Enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy the night.